0: podcast fam! Welcome, welcome to today's episode. I wanted to, before we get started, let you know that I have a very cool 10 tips to increase your energy naturally. So listen, if you are drinking monsters or 19 cups of coffee a day, this is for you, okay? Go to amandachills.com energy, and it is totally free. So y'all are welcome, We're about to be a bunch of Energizer bunnies up in here. Okay, let's get to the episode. Glad you're here. All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this week's episode. We are with Eric Taylor. Funnily enough, a childhood friend of mine and my sister's um, who we reconnected on Facebook. So he is a CrossFit coach, retired military, and so we're going to talk about military, transitioning into civilian life, what CrossFit is, what it can do, the community that it builds, and kind of all things physical and mental health. So welcome, Eric. Hello.
1: Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, I hope, anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they can't answer, but we hope they're good. Okay. How are you gonna Leave us a comment. Um, so tell us about you, Eric. All
1: right. Uh, so as she said, my name is Eric Taylor. Uh, I'm actually a childhood friend of Amanda and Angie. I actually played basketball with Angie. So that's how I met Amanda.
2: I forgot about
1: uh, that. Yeah. I was like, we were, I think we were like, Oh, I was 12 years old. So you're a little bit younger, but, um, you know, known you guys for a long time, been friends with y'all for a long time. Um, you know, and just kind of got to know you guys really well, but, um, i am a crossfit coach um and a usaw olympic weightlifting coach um i did over 11 years in the army combat arms um and that's kind of where i got my actual introduction to crossfit um it was with a buddy of mine who was a crossfit coach that was like hey man you gotta try this you know so i did and then you know was sore for like two weeks and then fell in love with it and kept going um but I'm married with two kids um, who I'm sure you'll see off and on throughout this podcast because or I am here. With Beauty. Or, or here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, on, I'm actually in the little one's room because they got a comfortable chair in here. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I love everything, health and fitness, uh, both physical and you know mental health. Um, I'm a big proponent for that. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much me right now.
0: Awesome. So side note, if anyone is more interested in in hearing about weightlifting, my cousin, Sarah Davies, I uploaded her interview, uh, perhaps it was interview two or three. She is an Olympic weightlifter for England. So she is on their national team. Yeah, she's a total badass. Um, So perhaps I should link you two up. I would love to do just side note in the future, some kind of like clinic with you guys, because that would be so awesome. But yeah. that's here and there. So so you were introduced to CrossFit while you were in the military or after you got out, a buddy of yours was telling you about it?
1: No. So it was while I was in the military. I had actually come home um, for uh, R&R leave, or rest and recuperation leave, or basically vacation from my second deployment uh, for a couple of weeks. And my wife was working with a friend who her husband was in the CrossFit, and they introduced us. He was a hey man. I got this workout that I'd love for you to do, give, you know, give it a go. I was like, okay, cool. What is it? He's like, it's called Fran. I was like, well, what is that? Oh. <laughs> yeah. My first CrossFit workout ever was Fran. It was horrible. Um,
0: can you explain what Fran is for people who don't know?
1: Yeah. So, Fran is a – it's awful. It's a benchmark – It is awful. It's a benchmark workout. Uh, 21-15-9 is the rep structure of thrusters and pull-ups, which can oh. – be combined are absolutely horrible but it's you know it falls under a crossfits methodology of a lot of push-pull type mm-hmm. workouts, um and it it really is all about there's no pacing to it it's three two one go and it's pedaled to the metal and you go as hard as you can for as long as you can whether yep. that's you know you got your elite level athletes doing it um just over a minute and then you've got you know your normal folks doing it and I don't know. A good score would be like probably five to seven. But of course, there's scaling options for you to be able to do it it's like that. So it all depends on you. But yeah, it's, horrible. it's fun, but it's horrible while you're doing it's it. also anyway, terrible. <laughs> absolutely. You'll be sore for like days. You're like, well, I only did 45 reps, but you're going to be sore forever. Uh-huh. Um, so but so I did the workout and it took me, I don't know, like 12 minutes to do. You know, and of course, being a, the knucklehead that I was not knowing this, you know, how to scale, I did it, the RX option, which is 95 pounds for the thrusters. And then, you know, <laughs> the pull-ups, pull-ups, you do the best that you can. I mean, I was a lot lighter back then. So, uh-huh. the first pull-ups were the, the way to go. Uh, for me, I didn't understand the whole kipping thing. And so, I did that and it, it killed me and I was sore. I mean, I'm telling you, I was sore for, I, I wish I could say I was kidding, but a, a week and a half, I was sore. <laughs> You know, but prior to that, yeah. all I'd ever done was just, you know, in the army at the time, it was running push ups and sit ups because that's what you trained for because that's what the PT right. test was. You know, so I didn't understand the concept of of the, the functional fitness and, and, you know, full body workouts. I was like, all I got to do is push up, sit ups, and run. That's it. Make yeah. It you know, and then, of course, you know, hindsight. Which is kind of-
0: so, so not true. So, can you explain? That's a really good segue, actually. Can you explain what CrossFit is? Because probably, um, a lot of people listening to this do not know what CrossFit is, or they've heard of maybe the CrossFit games and they know it's very intense. Um, can you give us a basic knowledge of what CrossFit is and what functional movement is? So that way people understand those terms.
1: Yeah, so CrossFit is, um, I guess the technical definition would be um, it's functional, high intensity. Um, And it's there's there's, you know, seven or eight different modalities to CrossFit, but it's I'm sorry, my daughter's in here. (laughs) Um but it's a program that is actually designed to basically make you a better human and to take somebody who's never been athletic in their life um and give them the base to be athletic. Um, you know, so a big thing for theirs that you'll hear is they'll take a person who's not an athlete, and turn them into an athlete, or take a current athlete and make them a better athlete because of all the different functions of CrossFit, whether it be mobility, flexibility, um, stamina, strength, endurance, Um, even there's a lot of gymnastics that you don't realize that you're doing, um, and a lot of coordination as well, because some of these movements, you've got to have coordination to do, so it helps, it helps develop. It helps develop those those skills that you've never had before.
0: So So functional movement for anyone listening is so some people think of weightlifting as like bodybuilding where you're doing one day biceps and triceps and second day quads and hamstrings. No,
1: it's not true. That's my friend Amanda. Say hi. Hi,
0: Hi, cutie. So. So CrossFit, what you're saying is that it incorporates whole body movement. So like thrusters that you described earlier, you would have a bar, a barbell on your chest and a front rack for people who know what that is. So the barbell's in front of you, you squat all the way down, you stand up and you pick the barbell up above your head. That takes some coordination. Yes, absolutely. So you're really building. So what you're saying, and some people don't know, is you can really have never had an athletic background or you don't have to be very fit to start CrossFit. So how does someone who's not very fit start CrossFit? How do you start with those people?
1: So when I get a brand new athlete um, in my gym, girls, stop. All right. Um, When I get a brand new athlete that comes in the gym and of course I always ask them, what is your, what was, or what is your athletic background? And some of them have said, absolutely nothing i've never done anything in my entire life wow okay um this will be interesting but all right let's do this yeah so so, hey they're for an adventure
0: that's
1: right so of course i try to give them you know the the um i I guess you call it hey let's you know sit down and talk about what your background looks like and injuries health conditions stuff like that that way i can okay emily that's not the closed drawer that is your pj drawer um you know and, and i and i do like a full-blown um assessment you know see what their flexibility looks like and this is yours um that way i'm not putting them in any positions that are hurt uh that way you know they want, they want you, you as a coach you want them to keep coming back and keep getting better and keep developing
2: right you know? so
1: but we have an introductory workout it is kind of it's the, the rep structure is very similar to Fran. It's 21-15-9, but it's um, box jumps, kettlebell swings, and a wall balls. Um, so a course,
0: box jump is where you would jump on a box. Correct. Um, and a wall ball is you're throwing a, like, weighted ball up a wall <laughs> and then catching it again. Okay.
1: Right. You know, and so you've got, of course, you've got, uh, you know, different heights. Like males are supposed to throw a 20-pound ball you know, up to a 10 foot target ladies, is 14 up to a nine foot target, but that's prescribed. But of course, like I said, with scaling options, you know, you yeah. scale. So like I'll have somebody brand new do like a 10 pound wall ball, um,
2: uh-huh.
1: a 20 pound kettlebell. And rather than having them jump on the box, I'll have them step up on the box and I'll walk yeah. to the lower side, you know, and then, okay, if 20, or if twenty is too much, then okay, then we have jerk boxes that we use for Olympic weightlifting that I'll bring over and stack them and say, Okay, we'll try this eighteen or try this fifteen or or take plates and you can stack plates on top of each other and step upon plates or, or So whatever. everything
0: for so everything for CrossFit is scalable.
1: Yes. For okay. every every our Emily stop. For every prescribed weightlifting or for, for every prescribed movement, there's scaled options for for it as well. So you know, okay. that's as, as a coach, that's your job to know what those are so that well, you can bet that, that client or that athlete or, the, or I mean, I call them athletes because that's what they are. Um, sure. I call them, you know, if athlete, you want them to be able to complete the workout just like everybody else, you know, just with scaled movements because you want, yeah. you know, you're going to have to work up. Because even me doing this for, I mean, I've been doing this since 2014. Well, actually, 2000 and, well, yeah, 2014. Um, Girls, stop. That's enough. All right. Um, but I have um, been doing 2014 and there's still stuff I can't do, you know, but that's just yeah. a matter of, of, you know, consistency and working at it and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, so I try to scale every scale stuff, for people, because I still want them to get a lot, uh, especially at 259. That's that is more of a um, cardio workout than anything. It's okay. intense cardio, you know, so I still want them to, to be able to get that feel but still feel like, you know, they, it's to them, they, they've accomplished something.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so that's, that's kind of the whole point of the scaling thing is to still get the, the workout, but to do it at their level. And then, Hey, look, you know, cause someone will say, man, I would really like to be like that person. I'm like, well, you do that person has been doing this for three or four years. Yeah. come in four or five days a week and worked on everything I've told them to work on. and has done the nutrition part and all this other stuff. So if you follow these 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 footsteps or these you know these paths you can be there too
0: yeah so so it really gives people like a goal and a framework to work towards without being um i think sometimes workouts like uh like beach body right is is so specific <laughs> and not always realistic for people because they have to change their whole life. But CrossFit can really fit into someone's framework. So like someone like me, I go maybe once or twice a week and I struggle, but I would struggle if I went four days a week, like, because it <laughs> progressively gets harder, but one or two days a week is fine for me. And there's some people that go every day and that's fine for them. So what what do you like about CrossFit? Like, I know CrossFit really, it, there seems to be a lot of ex-military in CrossFit. Oh. Why do you think that is and why do you like it?
1: I, so the reason why I think there is so much ex-military in CrossFit is it's very much a community. And you hear a lot of terms with well, the the military community. <laughs> Girlfriend, <laughs> the the military community. You know, is very tight knit. Well, so is the CrossFit community, and that's what I love about it. Is it doesn't matter if you're a a elite level athlete or if you're Joe Schmo up the street who just heard about CrossFit because of Uh a TV commercial or something like that. um, You know, it it, you're automatically brought into the community. Hey babe, here's some. um, My wife just got home. Hey babe.
0: Hi wife. Hey babe. Hi. Hi.
1: Um, but, uh, but you're automatically welcome into the community because we're all there for a similar person and that's to become a better human being. You know, um, some Ooh. people, some people are, are trying to get to the competitive level and some mm-hmm. of them want to come in. Just honestly, I have people that come into my classes and we'll sit there and chit chat with somebody else. And I'm like, Hey, psst, come here for a second. So it's like, get this workout explained to you. And then while you're warming up, you can talk to this person, you know? So a lot of them yeah. are there for the community aspect because they all know that it's a passion of theirs because mm-hmm. essentially it turns into a passion you know yeah. and just like I was very passionate about the army you know so it's it's very it's a lot more involved than people realize I guess you know yeah. it's not like when you go to crunch there's nothing wrong with some of these Globo gyms but when you go to crunch or just move or whatever you go in there you do your plan thing I guess and then you go home you know like you don't stop and say yeah. hey Chris how you doing hey buddy hey you know and like everybody yeah. knows everybody and you get to the point where like you get to know their kids and then you're going out on a Friday night for a social or, or whatever because you, you all become just so, so much, so close knit as like a family. So it's called, we call it a CrossFit family. Essentially, yeah. that's what it is.
0: So you, so I know the military is huge on community and then CrossFit is huge on community. Um, and so CrossFit actually has a number of hero wads, right? Workout of the day for anyone who doesn't know what that is who are from uh soldiers killed in action right yeah yep. okay so can you explain let's just go with the most brutal right can you explain murph
2: that uh-huh. you
0: get to every memorial day and it is i have done it once and i think it took me 2 hours and i wanted to i wanted to jump off a bridge it was horrible but can you explain so just go with the worst one right this is it's built around um can you explain who i sergeant murphy i'm sorry i don't remember who he is i know it's called murph can you explain yeah. that one
1: and then we'll move on to your time in the military yeah so it's a workout is called murph it's uh a, it's a one mile run uh with a 20 pound weight vest and then it's 100 mm-hmm. pull-ups 200 push-ups and 300 air squats followed by a another one mile run in this whole time the oh. rx right version or the prescribed version is with a vest the entire time Right. Um, and there's different ways you can do it. You can partition it and break it up into sets. Like I usually do um, 20 rounds of Cindy, which is another benchmark workout, and, and 5, 10, 15, 5 pull ups, 10 push ups, 15 squats. And then I'm going, you know, then. So, you know, you can partition it however you want to, but some people go one mile, 100, 200, 300, one mile. I mean, I've done that one time and it about killed me um not literally but just inside my soul <laughs> yeah. right so but it's lieutenant uh murphy who he was a navy seal um who actually died while saving a group of of his you know uh, seal team guys you know he 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 sacrificed his life so he could get the others to safety um so that that's a big one every year there's a there's like a uh a non-profit where you, you know you could pay every year you don't you know and then when you pay you get like a t-shirt and stuff like that but that money goes to you know a nonprofit to help you know uh, other families who are struggling you know so it's a really good deal and that kind of goes with the whole community of crossfit yeah. uh, but the workout is absolutely brutal but it's for a purpose like every year i've done it a different way like one year i did it with no vest you know i yeah. did the one mile and the 100 200 300 and one mile and then one year i was like you know what I'm going to do it the way it's supposed to be done in a weight vest, you know, and there's an emotional aspect to that because yeah. you realize, I mean, especially with me being former army and combat arms like that, you know, you wear a vest that weighs way more than 20 pounds with all the stuff attached to it for hours on end, you know, so like a fight, you know, if, if they can go through, through what they went through, you know, for hours on end, trying to get to safety and, you know, and complete their mission. Then I can suck it up for an hour, hour and ten, whatever it took me to do it. Yeah. I don't know, like an hour and seventy minutes that time or something like that. Um, you know, but like there was a point where I literally broke down in tears. You know, because it's just so hard, and you have to tell yourself yeah. that, you know, they had to do this for hours. Yeah. Suck it up, get through it. You know, mm-hmm. don't hurt yourself obviously in the process, but get through it and keep going. So it kind of became an emotional thing. And I had a buddy of mine who was there with me that I deployed with in 2007 and eight. You know, and when we both lost somebody, he was there right next to me doing every single rep, you know, so that helped, you know, so when I was struggling, absolutely, you know, and like when I was struggling, he would give me the push and the nudge, hey man, let's keep going, you got this, and then the same thing with him, I do the same to him, you know, so it ended up becoming, you know, going back to teamwork, it ended up becoming a team thing, but we were both doing the movements individually.
0: Yeah, so the one time I did Murph, I was dead last.
2: That's Okay. (laughs)
0: Dead last. I mean, that's fine. I'm, I'm not a runner. So anyone who knows me in real life, like very much understands I am not a runner. So dead last. But everybody cheered you on. So the community is so real. Even if you're last like me in every running wad in life, always last. That's fine. They still cheer me on. That's
1: right. Well, they even say people, people who finish last get the loudest cheers.
0: Yeah. You Which know, is so encouraging because I'm horrible.
1: <laughs> uh, all it takes is a little bit of work.
0: Right. Yeah. Sometimes I think about being a runner, but like never enough to actually run. So. So you were military. You joined. um, You were young when you joined. Why the army? why the military?
1: So I joined in September 2006. So I graduated high school in May, did college Mm -hmm. for about three weeks and decided, you know what, this ain't for me. And then. So (laughs)
2: it's
1: a funny little story. My. My reason for joining the Army actually was a knee jerk reaction to a failed relationship. But it turned out to be the <laughs> best decision I'd ever made. So
0: So you well, like you were like my heart's so broken I'm gonna get it broken every day in the military. <laughs> well it
1: was it was, you know what? I don't wanna be in this area anymore, I need to get out of here. <laughs> so, you know, I was in Army R O T C in right. high school. Yeah. I was in Army R O T C in high school. So I knew the rank structure and I knew a lot of the first the level ten stuff, which is the basics. Um so I, and I I took the test and passed the test and I was gone within The time I enlisted, the time I left was 11 days.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, that fast.
0: And you did, um, what did you do in the Army?
1: So I had two jobs in the Army. Uh, First one, I was on, I was an M1 Abrams armor crew member. To break it down, I was on the main battle tank that the Army has, right? So the big 68-ton rolling machine of death, right? So that's what I did. Um, And I worked my way up from a driver all the way up to, at one point, I was the tank commander. So I was the one calling the the shots. You know, so I was the one pulling triggers and telling my guys that my driver, loader and gunner and you know, giving them fire commands and and stuff like that. So I had to work my way up in the course of the seven and a half years, eight years I was on tanks. Um, wow. second, second job, I actually finished my career as an army recruiter. How um, did you like that? Um, it's a love-hate relationship. Um, I, I love the interaction with people. Mm-hmm. um and and because you know as an army recruiter most you know high schoolers have some sort of interaction with the army recruiter because mm-hmm. it's their job to be in the schools because we, you know we, you want to recruit young that way you have time to bring them up and then they can retire at you know 38 years old or 37 yeah. years old doing it at 17 um you know so that's why we're there so much but we're also there to develop that relationship so i spent most of my time in high schools because I, you know, I, I'd gotten so deep into the school. Like I was actually involved with coaching volleyball and basketball. Um, and I actually went in and helped the weightlifting team out and, you know, did all that stuff, you know, but through that, I, I developed the relationships, but I was in, in the community a lot as well. You know, I was going to a lot of the local gyms and working out. I drop in here and drop at this CrossFit gym, dropping at this CrossFit gym workout. And, you know, so But so I enjoyed that aspect of it. Now, sitting behind a desk doing paperwork, not my favorite part. Making phone (laughs) calls, not my favorite part.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: But it all had its purpose. You know, so when you look at the grand scheme, the big picture, you're like, okay, you're trying to find men and women who want to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, regardless of what job they pick. You know, Mm -hmm. so you're, you're really just providing the country with continuous safety. You know, so that part I love, but there was a lot of a lot of long days, long nights, um, a lot of um, I don't know. I, I guess the best way to put it is just stress. You because know, you you, yeah. have, you have to meet numbers and stuff like that, so you're constantly like, oh my gosh, I don't have my appointments for this week. What am I going to do? You know, yeah. so you 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 spend all day and all night reaching out to people to try to get them to answer their phones or text messages or Facebook messages or whatever the case is, because you've got to get that. Like, I just need one appointment. I need just one mm-hmm. You know, And so you fight, but then you realize that you're just wearing yourself thin, you know, mm-hmm. so then you get aggravated. But I mean, I really, truly enjoyed it. Um, it was just, it was just hard on me at the time, especially because I had, you know, my first kid it came into the picture. The and so you want sure. to split up that, that, you know, mission accomplishment. But of course you still need to be a father and a husband and so I still wanted to train and, you know, so it was just so much that it's like, okay, well, all right, I can do this. I just got to figure out the, um, the scheduling and how to do it and, and work out yeah. and stuff like that. So,
0: so you realize that like that schedule and those deadlines can burn you out. And instead of getting burned out, you recognize like, Hey, this is what burnout looks like. This is what I need to do to make sure I don't get burned out. And this is how I need to create balance in my life. Exactly. Dope, dude. Do. So, something that I imagine is extra stressful, um, what I have seen for military is that it tends to attract kids from more, from less privileged backgrounds, um, typically more like, uh, like kids with a lot of privilege are not usually the kids joining the military. So how do you deal with, because as a recruiter, like not only are you helping recruit them, but you're building relationships and you, right. you know, you want to make sure these kids are safe and they're healthy in there. Like, how was that? And did you have the same experience? Like were the majority or a lot of your kids from homes that were not always healthy or from less privileged backgrounds? Like, how do you manage that as an adult support, but not necessarily like you only have so much influence in their life? So how did you, um, how did you balance that?
1: So I actually.
0: Or am I incorrect? Like I could also be wrong. Or is that like incorrect?
1: No, no, no. You're, you're not, you're not wrong. And, and I'll tell you that there's different ways to approach each person, but that boils back to building that relationship. So the number one thing I was told coming into recruiters or being a recruiter from a very seasoned recruiter was look, man, I know they're going to hit you about numbers, 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 numbers. But the most important thing to do is to build that relationship.
2: <laughs>
1: relationship is the foundation. If you can get them to trust you and not be afraid of you, intimidated by you, then they're more likely to come back to you when they do decide that okay, you know what, maybe I should give the army a try or whatever. Yeah. You know? So, so when I approached kids, I had our pretty much I knew kind of. A little bit about them their background um and i had kids that joined i mean i had a former retired major league baseball player's son join the army yep. yeah you know, but like when i talked about the army it wasn't about the money because yeah. i'm sorry i can't match there's no way we could ever pay you <laughs> as much money right. as your dad ever made in major league baseball it's impossible right.
0: that's what, yeah it's not gonna happen you no know?
1: so you hit him from a distant aspect maybe it's it's being a patriot or 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 maybe it's they want to do a specific trade, you know, so you hit them in that route. So you kind of got to figure out what is driving them in life. Yeah. So and it's well. a lot
0: of psychology.
1: Oh, absolutely. Tons yeah. of it. it. You know, there's like any time you hit an obstacle, you have to figure out how to overcome that obstacle. And mm-hmm. so there's a way and there's a thing in the, in the recruiting is called a feel felt found. I understand how you feel. Many have felt that way. But here's what I found.
0: Oh, I like I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Because that's brilliant.
1: Those so it's called feel, felt, found. So I yeah. understand if somebody hits you with, well, you know, I don't want to leave my mom and dad because they're old or whatever the case yeah. is. You go, okay, I understand how you feel. You know, that is a tough place to be. Um, and, you know, many have felt that way. You know, I've known people who have been in your shoes that have still joined the Army. You know, what I have found is, is that you can actually take care of your parents better by if you do this because of the health care. Wow.
0: Okay, that is brilliant. So anyone who's listening, please, like, write that down. Feel, felt, found. Um, So I use that with my counseling practice a lot, and that really resonates because it makes people feel less alone, and it gives them one opportunity to solve their problems. So so I think you're totally right. A lot of people, what I have found is a lot of people don't know how to problem solve. All they see is one way because that's all they've known. Mm -hmm. And this gives people so many more options. Like, so... So I'm someone who is in life, kind of critical of the military industrial complex. Like I see the aftermath of people who are not taken care of by the military. You know, as someone who was in the military, you have a very different view than someone like me has. So like part of like the heavy recruiting in rural areas where kids don't have a ton of options, like lack of access to free college drives, you know, recruiting numbers and things like that. So so i want to be careful not to like like rain on that parade um can you talk about some of like maybe one of the kids that you recruited um one of the memorable kids that you recruited and what what the military helped them do because there it does give kids who feel like they don't have any option an option and you can get right education like the gi bill you can there's a ton of trades like welding I mean, you can't be a tank commander in civilian life, but you can do other things. <laughs> right. Um, unless, you know, you drive a tank and a parade. I don't really know. But so what was one of the memorable kids that you recruited? And how did you get into recruiting? Did you get assigned or did, do you volunteer for that? Like, I don't know how that works.
1: So typically, once you hit a certain rank in the Army, they start looking at, okay, we need – it's considered a career-enhancing assignment. Um mm. So, a lot of times, if you don't volunteer, you get what they call a DA selected to the Department you get of the Army. Exactly, <laughs> volunteered. Right, you're right. It's the Army term as well. All right. But um, I actually volunteered for it because cool. in, when, I was in, when I was being a tanker, yeah, just because I wanted a slower, uh, they call it battle rhythm. So, I wanted a slower battle rhythm um, because in, in being in combat arms, it was you you, you prepare, you train, then you deploy. And then you come mm-hmm. back and do the same thing so I wanted a slower battle rhythm I wanted to start a family but when I was in combat arms it was kind of like in the field for a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month back for two weeks and back you know and my wife can attest to that too she was like I would have rather you just been gone for a deployment than yeah the field stuff so in recruiting it, gar- it guaranteed you the point of being home every night you know most weekends mm-hmm. off holidays stuff like that so that's what I wanted that so is- I volunteered into it and you know, when I was in, in high school, I had a good relationship with the Army recruiters in the high school. And so, I actually, I could do that. So, that's how I kind of got into it. Um, you know, I figured it'd be a, a, a break from the normal battle rhythm of being mm-hmm. an, a deployable job. Um, you know, so that's kind of why I got into it. But I volunteered because they said if you volunteer, you get kind of a pick of an assignment rather than if you get DA selected, they send you where they want you. Heard. You know, so that's kind of why I jumped into it. I was like, well, let me do something different and try to get where I want to be. So I, I got close sure. to Florida, but not quite Florida. Um, <laughs> I was in Alabama for three and a half years. Um, okay.
0: But, so what about, like, a memorable
1: recruit? Oh, man. Um, there's a couple of them. But, so I had – actually, my will go in my first ever enlistment. First ever kid I I I'd, I'd ever put in the army. Um, his name is Jared. I'll never forget him. Really cool guy. Um, and not that he came from I a, a uh, um, I wouldn't say he was privileged, but his parents weren't exactly like they you know they were middle class, right? Okay. So he had the ability, and he was a smart kid anyways. But he had the ability to uh, to go to college if he wanted to, stuff like that. But for him, it was more or less of he he was good at school, but he wanted to do more. Okay. Um, so he, he really had a thing for 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 IT, for information technology. You know, and he realized that going to schools like MIT and um, and any kind of school that was big in IT was going to cost him more than what his parents could afford or what he qualified for fellowships. Um, sure. So I started talking to him um, and I'll never forget when I did the interview with him and his parents, they invited me over. Of course, you know, I set the time and date and a lot of times I would go to their place because I want them to be comfortable. Yeah. You know, I would never, I would never ask them, Hey, let's meet at Starbucks or let's meet somewhere public because then people are, are more likely to tense up and freeze up because of the people around them. You know, yeah. so at their home in their comfort zone, they're more likely to open up and it was easier to get them to basically to, to commit to, to joining at that point. Um, but I came over there and his mom had cooked an entire dinner. Of course, this is Southern Alabama,
2: you know, yeah. um,
1: so them, they can cook, right? And she had, and she had, I forgot what it was, but like I ate like three or four bowls of some sort of soup, um, you know, biscuits like that. And my wife came, you know, because you know she wanted to, she wanted to get involved in the process, cause she was my yeah. wife, and um, so she came and so we sat around the dinner table and talked about the army. And I mean, I was there for two and a half three hours
0: well
1: you know we talked about everything from army life and my wife chimed in which helped a lot too um yeah you know because yeah she hey she was she was big about it um yeah but he to this day is still in the army and that was in 2014 so here we are six years later yeah he's still serving and he's re-enlisted to stay because he enjoys it so much but yeah he so he but he 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 got the job if he wanted to and then plus he got the opportunity for like airborne school and ranger school and stuff wow. like that. So he got to be not only an IT guy, but he also got to be a very tactical, a very
0: elite, yeah. Right,
1: right. And so now he works with the you know with the with the ranger units and the airborne units and stuff like that, keeping their you know their information and technology up like their you know their GPS systems and their their networks and satellites and uh-huh. and all that stuff. You know, but like he still he and I still chit chat on Facebook to this day. You know, That's so, cool. and so it he like he was my first enlistment um but i still have people to this day that i put in the army you know whether they're still in or got out that would come to me and say hey thank you so much for everything that you've done for me or they'll just check in hey how you doing how's you know how's the wife how's the kids oh my god ah. these girls are so cute you know oh. but i've developed those lifelong relationships just in the process of getting somebody to commit to join the army because i would never ever push them Hey, mm-hmm. you need to join the army or, hey, you know, right. you could do so much better as a person because that's not my job. My job was to give them right. the information, give them the benefits, tell them, hey, look, you can enter the army with no experience in this career field. They'll train you and pay you while you're training for the job. Yeah. And then they'll place you within a unit somewhere in the country or overseas, mm-hmm. you know, to do that job. Then you can progress how you see fit. You know, if you want to do three years, four years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever the case is, is up to you, you know. But my, like I said, my biggest thing was if I can build that relationship and that rapport with them, mm-hmm. then anything's possible, you know, because yeah. they're going to come back to you every time.
0: Now, why did you only do you did 12 years? You said like
1: if you want the exact 11 years, one month, 22 days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why didn't you do the 20? Um, now, you don't have to say, of course, but I know I'll
1: be I'll be honest, because it's. I, it wasn't really my, my choice to not do 20. Um, I had planned on doing 20, but I had some stuff happen while I was in recruiting. Nothing like super illegal. No, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't, you know, you see a lot of stuff about recruiters messing with recruits. And, you know, typically if it's male and female, it wasn't anything like that. It was just I was doing something wrong that I was told I was doing right when I first started recruiting. But come by, I was doing wrong. So I got what they call an article 15, which is just, you know, basically like a, a little kind of an intense slap on the wrist.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, did, you know, did my six months of, of being flagged or, you know, or on probation and not, I would not really like probation where I have to report to a, a, an officer or not like that. But it was just their way of, of hey, look, man, we get that you were doing this wrong and you didn't realize you were doing this wrong. Um, just do your six, you know, your six months will go by quick, stay out of trouble Mm-hmm. And then the six months, we'll you know we'll just drop everything and be good to go. So
2: yeah. six
1: months went by, and then they're like, hey, you know, you're under, you're you're being considered for. It's called a QMP, and it was something that that was developed. And I'm not trying to get into politics; I really hate politics. But you know, the the o, Obama's administration, when they're trying to downsize the military, came up with the QMP and the QSP. QMP mm-hmm. is qualitative management program, basically going into anybody's um disciplinary profiles and seeing what all what all happened in their career and deciding well you know we should just go ahead and you know basically fire them for lack of better terms um oh. you know and then you got the quality of selective program which is kind of the same thing um but a little more a little more intense so i got the qmp which is a, the leaser of them so i got an honorable discharge and i got you know to keep my my va healthcare benefits and my yeah college education benefits, stuff like that. But I just, I guess it was one of those things where I should have done more research, um, beforehand. So that's why I wouldn't able to do the full 20. So there's hmm. no, like, I guess anymore, there's no like ill feelings towards it. Of course, when I first got out, I'll like, man, this is messed up. I want to do, ah. you know, and, it, and, it, and, and it really affected me in the aspect of, you know, like, I think at one point I actually fell into a depression because mm-hmm. I had planned my entire life to do 20 years, retired, you know, and then get out and train, you know, I was actually planning on you know, either opening up my own gym or training. Cause I could retire. I could do what I want to do, you know, re- training full time to compete as an elite level master. Of game wow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. of course that didn't happen, but you know, it was just one of those things where if I could have done 20, I would have, but yeah. you know, I still think 11 years is more than, you know, m- more than worth mentioning because yeah. You know, most people do three or four to get out, you know, but I did 11, which is a lot of people just don't have a problem committing to that, you know, but yeah. I I didn't because, you know, I love the country and I love the people in it and doing what I did,
2: yeah.
1: you know, so, it, but I mean, it is what it is. And, and, you know, I think I had, I had to, I had to realize that, look, you know, if you believe in a higher power, you know, for me, it's, you know, God's got a plan for you. You just need to let things happen as they happen.
0: Yeah. So So that's kind of, um, I love that you said that because there's a big difference between like, so the phrase that I think you're, you're coming, so like Christianity has a lot of really good quotes. (laughs) One of them is let go and let God, like they just have really good quotes. So there's a difference between like, like, giving up and like submitting does that make sense and i want to talk about that for a second because a lot of people what i find is a lot of people and you'll have to tell me if you've experienced this or what what your experience was when something unfortunate happens their plan doesn't go as they want um they come across barriers like i think sometimes and what i've seen is people hold on to the anger and the sadness for so long And part of that reason, I think, is, one, they don't understand that what it really is is sadness, but more so, I think people are afraid of what it means if they release it, and it means that if by accepting their circumstances, they're giving up, and they're saying, well, this wasn't important anyway, or, um, like, there's just such a difference between, like, letting go of something which is the healthy thing like you can't control it you you were out of the military there is nothing that you could do now and um like it's not giving up but it's like accepting that you cannot change that thing and so you can die mad about it or you can go on with your life and and build a different uh like path does that make sense
1: yeah oh yeah absolutely
0: so how did you release that because that's that's a lot of feelings so how did you what work did you have to do to kind of release it and work through it
1: um so mine really honestly has been so november 1st will be three years that i've been out um and i will say transitioning into the civilian life has not exactly been easy because Mm -hmm. everything in the army is structured you know Mm -hmm. and there's a chain of command and there's an a uh, standard operating procedure for everything that you do, even when it boils down to <laughs> leading your soldiers and training your soldiers and conducting mm-hmm. physical fitness and all these things, you know, so coming out into the civilian world, it was like a big shock to me um, when people would go above their first line supervisor management to the big person and complain. I'm like, Whoa, why don't you talk to your first line supervisor <laughs> before you try to, you know, and it's just like, wait a second. That's not how, not how it works here. They can, they pretty much have, Free range yeah. to go see whoever they want to see, you know. Um, but like I had to find find a mentor. That's what I had to do. All right. Explain. Uh, so a mentor is somebody that you can trust to to just listen. You know, kind of like you know you're you're a healthcare, you know, a, a mental health counselor. Um, yeah. You know, so people come to you to try to for you to help them with their problems, whether it be just a listening ear you know, cause you're like a third party, you know, you, you may initially, you don't really know anything about that person. Um, but yep. you know, so they can, they can tell you things without feeling like they're going to be judged because they know yeah. that your job is to help them. So <laughs> they know you're going to listen and, and not judge them because you know,
2: you, yeah.
1: you have, you know, ways to help them. So mm-hmm. I had to find someone. And I have
0: there. no stake in their life. So you found someone who's an outside party who, won't who also doesn't have biases because they know you or your situation right okay so now was, was this person a civilian or someone who was in the military
1: so it was actually actually is a civilian and actually funny enough um it was one of the pastors at my church
0: awesome
1: so which and, and he and i so he and i he and i actually met over a very tragic event um in 2000 God, i hope i don't get the year wrong. 2018. My family and I had a house fire, oh. so we lost everything. We were we were living. So I just transitioned out of the army, and we were living with my in laws, you know. While I, you know, while I kind of, you know, got things figured out, and their wife and I got things figured out, and life started. You know, we we had a house fire, and the very next morning after the house fire, he showed up with breakfast, and he said, "How can I help?" I so, Love that. So. We became friends that way and then come to find out he was doing CrossFit, you know, so, <laughs> right. So he and I became, you know, kind of like a mentor mentee, you know, so he and I would get together at the gym and chit chat and work out together or we'd go meet for coffee, you know, or he texts me, Hey man, it's been a couple weeks or a month. How you doing? How are things going? And I just, and I unload on him. Yeah. You know? And, and he would, and of course, he would give me the, the biblical and spiritual side of things. And he also give me, just the real side of things
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know? and so it really helped me understand that that going back to the phrase of let go and let god of like look you know you can't control everything and
0: <laughs> humans, really almost anything
1: <laughs> right exactly you know <laughs> there's I'm very few, of your control right you know you know but as humans we especially as men you know we want to be able to control everything we do
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know but you have to realize you, you can't. It is physically impossible
2: mm-hmm.
1: to control anything because you don't, you know, you don't control, you know, the temperature outside or, you know, um, what goes on at, at work. You know, if something happens or like in life, you know, your car breaks down, doesn't, you, could, you could literally have the best maintenance plan in the mm-hmm. world and your car might still break down and there's nothing that you can yeah. do to prevent it. You know, so you just have to understand that, that, look, you know, or I had to understand that my reason for getting out was beyond my control because I tried to do everything I could to stay in. But, yeah. but there's no, doesn't matter what recommendation letters I had, character reference letters I had, profiles I had, you know, because yeah. like, to, cause, to be honest, I had essentially a perfect profile. Yeah. No disciplinary issues up to that point. You know, so... I was very angry at, you know, I had a perfect profile, I'd never been in trouble. I passed all my PT tests, was where I needed to be in leadership training, was in the position I needed yeah. to be in for that rank and time, everything. And you still decided to let me go.
0: Yeah. You know, so And I sometimes had to- that's, that's such a valuable lesson. Like, you can do everything right. You can do everything perfectly and still lose. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just, unfortunately, that's life sometimes.
1: It is. And it, very, it very much is. And, yeah. and I'm still learning that now as a 32-year-old father and husband, you know, yep. <laughs> so, some, sometimes you just, you can't control it's Okay. Okay. Kind of going back to yep. the feel felt found. Okay. How do I get through this? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to overcome this obstacle?
0: You know? I love that. problem solving.
1: Yeah. you know, but yeah, exactly. Going to problem solve. you know, so, but having a mentor really, really helped because he mm-hmm. was able to, to almost like help, help me control my emotions and, and, and <laughs> guide me through life.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he helped you work through your emotions because yeah. we can't control those either. We just feel no. how we feel, we can control how we respond to them.
1: Right. You know, so he but he's you know, he's been absolutely instrumental and in, and in who I am right now. You I know, love that. Yeah. Just, you know, he's like an orchestrator. But, you know, like when I have a problem, I go to him because, you know, hey, look, rather than me complaining to my wife about what's going on and how I feel and, you know, making her stress out about it, I'm going to go to somebody else. yeah may be able to you know he i mean and sometimes all i can say is hey man you know you just you just got to breathe or or you know we'll figure we'll figure something else together or you know and sometimes he can't help me with things but it gives me the ability to just get it off my chest so i can go all right yeah you know clear my head
0: yeah something i often say when clients come to see me um the way that my brain works is very visual So something I often say is like, they seem very heavy. And so when we have things literally like that phrase is so indicative of how our language links the body and the mind, like you don't say you have something on your mind, you say you have something on your chest. Well, if you have something on your chest, it's heavy, right? Mm -hmm. So through what I see in the process is people look and feel lighter, not Mm -hmm. only because they're getting things off their chest, but because they're putting things down that they had no control over anyway, and they never needed to carry. So. Yes, that is beautiful. But one thing I'm hearing as like a theme for you was what really helped you transition, because someone who is active duty military and has never done deployments versus someone who is active duty and has done deployments, I would imagine the transition to civilian life is very different because deployment is a listen. Anybody knows it's a whole different Um, (laughs) ballgame. So it sounds like one of the most healing aspects for you has been community. And when I talk to veterans, that's something that they miss so much is the brotherhood, you know, sisterhood, brotherhood, the family, like nothing bonds people closer than shared trauma and like deployments inherently are traumatic. Um, So how we have a few minutes. So if you could walk through like, we know community was very important. What else helped you transition into civilian life and like kind of like you're you're doing things, you know, you're like the CrossFit coach and the Olympic weightlifting coach, like you're obviously doing well. So what else helped you? Like having someone to talk to, it sounds like uh, like your spirituality helped you. What else helped?
1: Um to be honest with you, my family. Um I have That's a, sp- a-
0: <laughs> I have a. Your wife listens.
1: <laughs> no, it's, they're in they're in the living room. Um, so my family has been has been absolutely huge as well. Um, I had originally was looking at not coming back to Florida when I got out, just because mm-hmm. of a potential job offer. But um, I'm kind of glad I didn't get the job and I came back here. Um, because my family has been, I mean, like I've, I don't, they've been huge. I mean, huge as well. I shouldn't even. It's it's been ginormous, you know. Uh, yeah. They they've been a huge support system, um, you know, and they've they've walked
0: with me through my transition, and and have, I love that you say that. What would be the difference between walking with you and like not walking with you? Because maybe some people don't understand that. How does someone walk with you?
1: So like, I've I've had <laughs> since I've gotten out of the army, I have had. I don't know, seven, eight, nine job, you know, which to go from 11 years of one job to, you know, what you would plan to do for 20 years to eight, nine, 10 jobs in a three year span, you know, employers don't particularly like that, you know, you know, because they want to see somebody who they can bring into their company and mold that person to be, you know, you know, so when they see a lot of jump and jump and jumble, this person's not very committed. But my family, the way they helped me walk through it was they never, ever uh, got on to me or tried to knock me down when I quit a job mm-hmm. to go find something else.
2: You know, so they, they never shamed hey. you. They, right. just... they never
1: shamed me. They were like, hey, look, we understand. We get it. You know, what do you need us to help you with? until uh-huh. you, can, you know what I'm saying? So, like, for example, uh-huh. my, you know, we lived with my in-laws for over a year, year and a half. That was not the plan. The plan was six months, pay off some debt, buy a house, bam, be done. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Well, that didn't happen, you know? So, so they helped out financially and they still to this day help out financially because, you know, it's, it's still, for me, it's still a a growing process trying to figure out where I belong because Mm -hmm. I belonged in the army with the guys and, you know, girls, girls I was with. And that's that's where I was, you know, so now (laughs) I'm, you know, I've, think I've found where I'm supposed to be, but they've always been there like, hey, what do you need from us? How can we help you guys out? Don't feel okay. ashamed to ask us for help. You know, as opposed to going back people who wouldn't walk with me would be like, well, you're an job. Why'd you do that? I had great benefits. Why'd you do that? Yeah. You, do, you need to figure out what you need to do and you need to do it fast. You know, they mm-hmm. were they've never ever been that way.
2: They never know? put sir.
1: no like if I look hey, like, I like especially now with the job I got now. I mean Friday night, I work 26 hour shift. Wow. You know, so I got I went to work Friday morning at seven o'clock, and I didn't get home till after ten o'clock Saturday morning. You know, so like my parents have been great. Hey, look, just Karen, You know, does your wife need help with the girls? You know, I so so like they've been they've been probably my biggest lifeline since so I've so again
0: a community. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so them.
1: they they've been tremendous. Mm -hmm. You know, and if it wasn't for them, like, I don't know where I'd be, you know. Big shout
0: out, you're killing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I love that
0: because so often people, because they're afraid, they say, well, you need to do X and why don't you have, you know, this and this and this lined up instead of really just allowing you the space to figure it out yourself Mm -hmm. while also helping to take, um, like some of the stress and some of the things because imagine doing this if you had you had to find babysitters and oh, my God, like, I don't know how people have children like and don't have a whole like when they say it takes a village like they ain't lying. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people do it without a ton of family support. Yeah, like, oh, my gosh, dude, kudos to those people. So we have a few minutes left. Um. I would love to interview your wife too, by the way, just like someone who went through the military process, like would love that. I'm sure she'd do it. That would be so fun. What's your wife's name? Kara. Kara. Sounds lovely. Human being. Um, what would you like to leave people with?
1: Uh, to find a community. Um,
0: How do community? people do that?
1: So, Depending on what you... There's, there's communities for everything. I mean, my wife is in. She loves doing cross, cross-stitch stuff. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, so she's actually got an a, a Etsy business where she does family. What's her Etsy name? Um, If you give me just a second, I can get that for you. Um, Let's tell Yeah. Hey, babe. Babe, what is your cross-stitch Etsy thing? Sorry, hang on one second. It
2: is
0: kate
1: cameron stitches it's called kate cameron stitches
0: k-a-t-e
1: yeah kate cameron,
0: C-A-M-E-R-O-N. cameron yep
1: stitches
0: on etsy yep send me a link when we do that and we'll link it
1: okay um so she uh so she you know she had a cross stitch community that she is involved in and then, of course you know people so. that the girls that she works with um you know she's that's a community there like we did a, a 20s murder mystery dinner last night with them you know, which was super fine, and I died, I was a victim, Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, but, she's
0: trying to tell you, trying to get rid of me,
1: that's right, Um, but, I mean, there's, you just, you have to search within your area for these communities, and they're all over the place, you know, um, for me, it was the gym, the CrossFit community, which I'm, you know, heavily involved in, um, or even a church community, if you're religious, you know, find something like that, something to put yourself in, that people that are in the same stage of the life as you, you know, to, to be able to to mold with and, and become friends with and then do play dates or whatever the case may be. Um but to get involved and and, and don't be afraid to to find friends to lean on and your family to lean on and, and I and not everybody has that support system so find one. You know, I mean and and the biggest thing is if you don't have that, don't be afraid to go see somebody individually. And I'll be the first to tell you, my after my second deployment, I went and saw a counselor for seven months.
0: How was it for you?
1: It was relieving. You know, like, it gave me the ability to get everything that was off my chest, because come to find out, I was dealing with a, a case of survivor's guilt, um, mm-hmm. you know, and all those things from my first deployment that I had never worked out. You know, so it was starting yeah. to affect who I was as a human being and a father and a husband and, and, and a soldier and just a person, you know, anger and, you know. Heavy alcohol use and all these things that you know that you probably see a lot of from former military, you know. But I finally took the the opportunity to go see somebody, and I'm thankful for them because if not, there's no telling where I would be today or if I'd even be here.
0: We may need to do a second interview because I want to hear all about that. I'd be willing Um, to do that. I would love to do that. I think the more veterans that speak out, the better, because I do have some vets. That will come see me, but they're they also tend to be very closed off about things that happen while in combat, which is understandable. Nobody owes me their story. You don't know anybody' your story, but working through those things can be really helpful. Um, and I think the more vets that share that, the more people that are willing to get support. So, so you're what you're leaving people with is find a community, join it. Right, there are people out there who will support you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Life is too long and way too short and way too hard to go it alone. So that is beautiful. Um, What is the name of your CrossFit gym and where are you located?
1: So we are located in Lakeland, Florida, um, on the south side of Lakeland. Uh, It's not technically a CrossFit gym, but we, because, you know, not all gyms are affiliated with CrossFit, but we do still have all CrossFit coaches or CrossFit certified coaches and we follow the programming. Um, So the name of the gym is Community Fitness. Um in South lake on the Shepherd Road. Right. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> it's family owned and the people that own it uh is a retired twenty two year army special forces family.
2: Wow. You
1: know, right. So um he has actually been a big part of my life too. Um but that's why I've stuck with him for so long and got mm-hmm. involved in coaching is because it's a family run business and they don't run it like a corporation.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and yeah, and, and some gyms that.
0: are very corporate.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. And they're not, you know. So it's like you walk in and you feel like they have birthday parties for people, and you get gifts on your birthday, and That's you know. So, so cool. like they're just they're very involved, and and like we're doing a competition together. I got two competitions in November. One's a two-day event. One's a one-day event. um So I'm gonna be exhausted, but it'll be fun. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I, mean? you I do. I've oh man, I've competed in over a dozen competitions.
0: That's so dope.
1: So I'm Does not like elite do level. Did your
0: do it with but. you? Huh? huh? Did your wife do it?
1: Not currently. Uh-huh. No, she has done it she before. She's done been. CrossFit uh, twice since we've been together. Not twice total, but she went for several months in 2014 and then ahead. right, and then stopped, and then went back again in 2016 and then stopped. And you know, that having the second the second kid, you know, mm. we're just trying to still figure out life and stuff like that. So. <laughs> Um, she does plan on getting back into it, but she's on her own health journey as well. Um, she lost 20, 21 pounds um, on her last fat, wow. fat, fat weight or fat cut. And then I've lost a total of 29 pounds.
2: Um, yeah,
0: look at you guys. Yeah.
1: So, um, so, you know, we're, but she, she had done it and she's, and she's a beast of her own. Like she's super strong. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fun to watch her lift, but um yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it's it's been, oh man, it's I'm thankful I'm thankful that I go to a gym and 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 work mm-hmm. out and train and coach people as well because you know, everybody has to have somebody, you know. So that's just agreed. That's just how it how it works out, I guess.
0: All right, dude. Well, send me your stuff. We will link everything. Okay. Um, thank you so much. This was yeah. Pretty- <laughs> Yeah,
1: and I look forward to, to, you know, doing another one, whatever the topic may be. If you want to get into the whole, like, you know, going to counseling and stuff, I'll be more than willing to share my story, so.
0: You are beautiful.
1: All right, so are you.
0: Mm. So, I'm going to stop recording, and then uh, we shall discuss. Stop recording.